Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 
it was it, it was a solid show, mostly because of the second half, or well, not even second half. I'd say I don't know. I thought the whole. I mean, we'll get into it, but I thought the whole thing, with with one very glary exception, was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean hey, even the best shows have that. Okay, WrestleMania 19, one of the best WrestleManias of all time, and that stupid pillow fight. So every show has to have that dumb moment. So I've, I've come was, to peace with that. Was there some stuff? Because I haven't watched it back in a while. What about WrestleMania 17? Was there like the what? Besides the Austin heel turn, was there like a glaring like what the F? Probably that hardcore match. <laughs> Even that well, was fun. It was fun though. I mean, but if I had to pick a what what the F, but. Right. Yeah. So, well, there's that. But today, everybody, we're switching things up a little bit. I am not going to go over news from the time period. Um, I'm just because it was kind of hard to track down news from June of 2005. Uh, I, you know, the the sources I usually get my news from uh, were kind of tapped out. Plus, I felt this was kind of fun to switch it up, do do something a little different. We're going to do a lead in segment with kind of the storylines coming from because this, this show is right between smack dab right in the middle of WrestleMania 21 and SummerSlam of the uh, 2005. So there's a lot that has happened kind of, this is still the aftermath of WrestleMania 21. And then it's almost like directly after the show and they're like, all right, WrestleMania 21 is officially in the rear view. We wrap that up. Let's move on, build to SummerSlam. Do, do you kind of feel that way? I, I do. And, you know, I feel like those are, both really solid events that at some point we got to tap into, but you know, I know far off. But um, when I was doing, when I was watching the show, sometimes I'll go into uh, the aftermath and all that. And then you fall into that, um, what's that called? Rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. And I started reading up on SummerSlam. Like, man, this was a great event too. So yeah, I think yeah, 2005 as a whole is probably not talked about enough. Cause I think it was a underrated a year. Yeah, it was definitely a sleeper year. WrestleMania 21 for me was just a sleeper show because I watched it. I remember watching it at the time and um, really thinking about how great it was. And there was a lot of historic stuff. Obviously, I remember John Cena winning his first WWE title. Uh, but but past that, a lot of stuff kind of felt forgotten to me. Uh, but I mean, there's like I said, this is the aftermath we get. Two WrestleMania rematches of Batista and Triple H and then um, uh, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, which, you know, we'll get into all of that. And then John Cena has been moved to Raw instead of SmackDown because he's wrapped it up with uh, with JBL. We'll talk about that. Today tastes like a sunny day, like firing up the senses and cooling them down with an ice cold Coke. It tastes like a flaming hot grill in backyard games. Today tastes like a Sunday ritual, and it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca-Cola. If you're loading up for a blowout barbecue this weekend, don't forget to pick up Coca-Cola today. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. 
getting into the main feud of the show here, uh, heading into Vengeance, it was Batista and Triple H with the two battling over the World Heavyweight Championship. After Batista defeated Triple H at WrestleMania 21, they continued to fight over the world title at the next Raw pay-per-view, Backlash, which saw Batista retain the title. Following Backlash, a series of Gold Rush tournament matches to determine the number one contender to face Batista for the world title took place with Kane, Shawn Michaels, Edge, and Chris Benoit winning the first round of the tournament. In this round, Benoit forced Triple H to submit to the sharpshooter, but then on May 23rd's episode of Raw, Batista faced Edge, who had beat out Michaels and Kane for the opportunity. Title opportunity, pal. I can't believe we said opportunity. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Batista retained the title after he pinned Edge following Batista bomb. Following that match, Triple H attacked Batista with a sledgehammer and challenged him to a Hell in a Cell match. After making the challenge, Triple H hit a pedigree on Batista on the world title. Batista accepted Triple H's challenge, which led to a contract signing for the scheduled match at Vengeance. This was right after this was kind of winding down the quote unquote reign of terror of Triple H um, from like, what what would you say? Oh, two to oh, five, probably. Yeah. And then he would take like a what, two and a half year break from the title, I believe. Yeah. So this was kind of winding down his time at the top. And this was one of his last uh, last times of pulling a title shot out of his butt, you know, because it's like, look, you had a you had a an opportunity to 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 go for the title. You lost, but you pulled out a sledgehammer and smacked the champion. So I, I guess we'll give you a shot. But I, I mean, the, this was the the finish of the I don't know. You and I were kind of talking about this. I, I don't think this trilogy is talked about enough between Batista and Triple H. I don't think it's talked about enough either, but I also think that backlash is a forgotten match. I don't remember it very well. Uh, I mean, it was really good. It was not as good as this, uh, but I don't know. I feel like everyone talks about Batista first winning and then the hell in a cell and the middle gets forgotten. Right. It's I mean, not comparing it because I don't think it's as good, but um, you know, it's kind of like with Ric Flair and, and Ricky Steamboat. A lot of people talk about Chi-Town Rumble, their first match, or they talk about Russell War 90 or 89, their last match. But a lot of people forget about their Clash of the Champions match, even though. Yeah, which I can't wait to rewatch back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. I, I, I think I've seen their Chi-Town Rumble match. I think I'm, I know I've seen the Russell War match. Uh, thinking back about it, I, I don't think I've seen their Clash of the Champions match. And the funny thing was, that was the one on free TV. The other two were on pay-per-view. Yeah, was this? The, I think this was the one. This wasn't the one against Russell. No, it was Sting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that was the first Clash of the Champions. Uh, the other feud, main feud heading into this event was between John Cena, Chris Jericho, and Christian, with the three battling over the WWE Championship. On the June 6th episode of Raw, John Cena's SmackDown tenure came to an end when he became the first wrestler selected by the Raw brand general manager, Eric Bischoff, in the draft lottery. Cena was introduced as Raw's newest member on Chris Jericho's highlight reel, but Christian interrupted and called Cena a poser. Um, I'll get back to that in a minute, but on the toy side, they made a figure, uh, Mattel did, of the debuting John Cena on Raw. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, uh, I have that figure on my wall. It's literally one of the most prized figures. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, I've I've uh, I've wanted that for for a while. Um, never did end up buying it, but yeah. And correct, was that in Cleveland? I I can't remember. Or was uh, it just like a Cavs no style jersey he was wearing? Oh, that uh, um, I don't remember what the name was. It had like a weird font. Yeah, I just saw it too. When I'm rewatching this back, I didn't catch it, but I don't think it was Cleveland though. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking it was for some reason, but uh, anybody, any of you guys out there, uh, let me know if uh, you know if, if 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 you know any sports guys out there, or just trivia guys. Uh, I do have a figure of John Cena's like SmackDown debut, that one where he's in the 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 trunks. So oh yeah, I got that too. Yeah, I had to pick that one up because I was like, eh, why not? Uh, but back to this, uh, the build, uh, this built on the existing rivalry as Cena and Christian had an encounter at the Royal Rumble in which Christian claimed that he was a better rapper than Cena. Over the next months, Christian began cutting uh, I'm promos. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> Christian began cutting promos, denouncing Cena as a poser. Uh, Cena rebutted Christian's comments by performing a freestyle rap about Christian, uh, which quickly led to the two brawling. The same event, Cena entered a feud with Eric Bischoff by refusing to participate in Bischoff's war against the upcoming ECW One Night Stand show. Full disclosure, that was the show I was actually pulling for that we reviewed today was One Night Stand, but this one was a really good one as well. Uh, you and I in the in the future will definitely have to look into the, the One Night Stand one and two shows. Uh, especially number one. Yeah, number one was great. Number two was also really good, um, but and had some historic stuff to it. The the third one was pretty. Uh, it was pretty bad, and it wasn't wasn't that the one where Bobby Lashley and Big Show main evented? Um, <clears throat> maybe. What year was that? Seven. Uh, yeah, two thousand seven. No, I think Big Show's gone by then. Uh, I know it wasn't that. I'm I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Lashley and somebody because I remember him being on the poster and I was like, what the hell is Bobby Lashley? Well, that was the first Extreme Rules that wasn't like a ECW show. I mean, yeah. So only the first two were so. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, to be fair, it probably was going to be one until they saw the catastrophe that happened at December Dismember. And then never mind. Yeah, it was 06. So I'm like, my my guess is it was probably going to be an ECW show. But then like, yeah, no. (laughs) Oh, this was. Yeah, the 2007 show that was um, John Cena defeating the great Kali in the main event, which I'm sure was just masterful. Uh, Bobby Lashley. (laughs) A a Briscoe Funk classic. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Bobby Lashley. Defeated uh, Mr. McMahon in a street fight. Well, I think you've used the uh, classic card too quickly, but. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, we did get Edge and Batista in a steel what? cage. But, and, Real and, quick, and, uh, off air, didn't I send you randomly a picture of Vince holding the Yusuke Tato wearing a do-rag the other day for fun? Yes. And I, I think I that was going into this event, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. That was a sheer coincidence, I swear. <laughs> Have a reminder of this crap. Uh, back to the buildup here. Uh, on the June 13th episode of Raw, uh, Bischoff booked a WWE title match between Christian and Cena and Vengeance, 
although Chris Jericho protested the idea of uh, Christian being the contender to face Cena for the title. Later that night, Cena and Jericho were placed in a tag match to face off. Tag match, playa! Face off against Christian and Tyson Tomko. Uh, Cena and Jericho won the match after Cena got the pinfall. After the match, though, Jericho turned on Cena. Who would have saw that coming? Uh, he, he attacked Cena. Bischoff then changed the original match between Cena and Christian to a triple threat at Vengeance that also included Jericho. We're not going to let some American come between our Canadian connection. Good Lord. Uh, the third match here that was a big one uh, was on the undercard between Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. At the start of the year, Angle and Michaels both participated in the Royal Rumble match uh, at the pay-per-view. During the match, Michaels eliminated Angle. In retaliation, Angle returned to the match and eliminated Michaels and then attacked him outside of the ring. The two engaged in a feud, which led to an interpromotional match at, at uh, WrestleMania 21 as Angle was a part of the SmackDown roster and Michaels belonged to the Raw roster. At WrestleMania 21, Angle got the win over Michaels by forcing him to submit to the ankle lock. We'll talk about WrestleMania 21 at some other time and the awesome buildup to this match in particular. We'll pencil it in for March, April. <laughs> yes, yeah, because... Angle and Michaels had an amazing buildup to their match that included a lot of old names from Shawn Michaels' past coming back and included the I'm Just a Sexy Kurt song. <laughs> it was and then that bell song. had a ring. Yeah, and, and just mwah, chef's kiss. Good stuff. Uh, but on the Good April stuff, 3rd... Pal. On the gotta, June 13th... Gotta keep a PG, sorry. <laughs> Good Lord. On the June 13th episode of Raw, Angle was revealed as the second draft pick for the Raw brand. That same evening, Michaels challenged Angle to a rematch at Vengeance, which Angle accepted. So that's going to lead to an amazing match. We'll get into all that when we dive into the pay-per-view itself and uh, star star ratings, pal, and all that good stuff. Not in the Tokyo Dome, so one star automatically comes off. Right, yeah, well, Ramon, friend of the show, Ramon, hey, Ramon, had to, uh, nah. he, <laughs> he replied to something on our Twitter feed about that. He was like, well, if it was in the Tokyo Dome, and I just replied to seven stars. The very uh, rare seven stars. Uh, by the way, side note, I love how that's like a thing. Like, oh, Dave Meltzer rarely gives out seven stars. Who gives a damn what he gives out? Oh, man, it makes was, my blood boil. It was it was five stars, and then, well, this match was better than anything I've ever seen, so I can't just give it five stars. I, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you get like an extra quarter star for every V-trigger hit. In the hell? That would be like Cisco and uh, Cisco and Ebert saying, it's like, you know, we uh, we we give two thumbs up a lot, but this, this, this movie was so good, we're bringing other people in to give their thumbs. <laughs> So we're going to give this one. The two of us are going to give this three thumbs up. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, finally, the Divas match that was set. They were so-called Divas back here. Uh, that was set for <laughs> vengeance was between Victoria and Christy Hemi. On the May 30th edition of Raw, Christy Hemi won a bikini contest featuring Victoria, Candice Michelle, Maria, and Lillian Garcia. After the contest ended, Victoria turned heel and attacked all of the participants, saving Hemi for last. In a backstage interview following, 
Victoria expressed jealousy over Hemi, stating that she was tired of Hemi getting all of the attention. On the June 30th, or excuse me, June 20th episode of Raw, it was announced in a backstage interview that Hemi and Victoria would face off at Vengeance. Hemi stated that she couldn't wait to get her hands on Victoria, but during the segment, Victoria interrupted the interview by smashing a glass jar of all things onto the back of Hemi's head, busting her open. Because, you know, we all just have glass jars laying around. Well, hell yeah. Why do you say that sarcastically? Wasn't a glass jar, but Jim Ross busted a glass candy jar over somebody's head, right? It was uh, Taz, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, because he Jim Ross was like, well, angle alert. You know, there's a glass candy jar sitting on my desk. tonight." (laughs) Angle alert. (laughs) I just I, I love that. It's like, yeah, you know, if something like of all things, I mean, whatever, it's the Divas match. And this was like. Oh, my God, do the Divas match, man. Sorry. (laughs) I know a lot of people are going to, like, get pissed off that I say, well, it's just the Divas match. But seriously, like, up until the last couple of years, (sighs) if people are new to the WWE and don't know this, uh, the Divas slash women's division went through some pretty dark times. Not saying that the wrestling was garbage here, but they mostly. Uh, Well, I I will. If you don't want to, I will. Well, some a lot of it was garbage. There was some good stuff, Victoria being one of them. Uh, she she was always a good wrestler, in my opinion, very underrated. And I uh, we'll know. actually get to that in this show. <laughs> yeah, we will definitely. And I don't know. They didn't focus on it. And what they did focus on was eye candy. It was a lot of big, bikini contests, like you said, pillow fights, you know, and crap like that so well, i don't think the heterosexual male part of us is complaining it's the wrestling part <laughs> yeah just... well the thing is, i i always said this i was like look i mean they look good and all but i'm not tuning into raw to see this i'm tuning into raw to watch wrestling so i want to see that there are plenty of free options on the internet i will say this too i don't think you need to explain when you say the divas are trash because they were now the women's yeah. division is not these are apples and oranges. Like people need to realize that this is completely night and day. What we got now compared to then, not even competition. Well, it's funny to think that Paige and Charlotte Flair are former Divas champions. I don't think they're bragging about that. They held. Matter, matter of fact, I think, I think Maria Canales is the only one bragging about ever being a diva. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, basically. They they held they literally held on to that stupid butterfly belt. And yes, I'm calling it a belt. Because ah, it had no meaning at all it was good enough for was all of your pants? Basically. If that. Didn't hold up many pants because in that era they didn't wear a lot. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. 
So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Uh, but are you ready to dive into the pay-per-view itself, Greg? As ready as I'll ever be. All right. Well, this is Vengeance 2005. Took place June 26, 2005 at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, the total attendance was 9,850. The buy rate was 0.92, which equaled out to 420,000 buys. It was the fourth highest number in 2005, trailing only WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and the Royal Rumble. Survivor Series only had four, uh, yeah, 400,000 buys. So not a bad company for a quote-unquote throwaway pay-per-view, right? Right, and also also in the middle of the draft or towards the end of the draft, so it's a lot of right. um, stuff there. Reason to tune in. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> my first note on this pay per view, and this really ticks me off. I mean, I know why, but they edited out that um, theme "Happy" from Mudvayne, which yes. is like one of the better themes they've ever used. It, uh, yeah, that ticked me off so much. Yeah, because I kept waiting for it, and then they played some generic rock theme, and I'm like. Ah, I mean, I know why they did it, but and I was I was almost waiting for it because I was like, they probably they probably edited it out right. I'm like, yo, oh well. Uh, my first note on this show, by the way, because they are in Vegas, like I said. Obviously, this came 14 years prior to Double or Nothing, but with the set, it kind of reminded me of AEW Double or Nothing, and Justin Roberts is even the ring announcer. <laughs> And at one point, I forget what I think it was. They were talking about John Cena and they said he was all in on this tonight. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Was he also? I didn't all catch in? that. I was watching with someone. They pointed out to me, but he said, uh, oh, he said all in. We're like, oh, I didn't even yeah. piece together just the Roberts part until you just said that, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I'm like, man, it almost looks like double or nothing because they've the the, uh, the the trons and everything on the on the on the uh, stage, everything was set up to look like they had like a can't they a roulette. They had a roulette yeah. table and they had some other card stuff up there and whatnot. I was like, ah, cool. And remind me of double or nothing. Then they go to the ring and I'm like, Justin Roberts. Yep. Oh, man. It was it was funny. I always like that kind of set. But uh, yeah, first match of the night, man, something else I liked was Carlito defending the Intercontinental title against Shelton Benjamin. These two were, I think, just vastly underrated during their tenure. Literally, my first my first note for this is, good grief, Shelton's so underrated. Why wasn't he used more? Or why isn't he used more? I forget he's still there. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this. You know, when he was, there was an era where he was feuding with Triple H over the world title. Can you imagine if they would have just given him like, you know, a month as world champion, even if they were afraid that, oh, well, if he's champion, he'll tank the ratings. Give him a month. That would have been just historic and amazing. I don't know. I I, I felt it would have been great, but whatever. Uh, they get 12 minutes, 45 seconds, decent amount of time. Carlito had just beaten Benjamin on the previous Raw for the Intercontinental title when Benjamin fell short with a suicide dive and he landed hard on his back. 
Uh, they pumped that throughout the whole match, you know, talking about it. Coach made me want to vomit with how much he kept pushing how cool Carlito is throughout the entire match. Oh, Coach's look alone made me want to vomit. It just looked like someone trying to be cool, but it wasn't. <laughs> and, yeah, his commentary was god-awful, by the way. I forgot how bad he was. I know he had Vince in his ear telling him, say this, say this. But gosh, he's bad. Uh, in the I think end, he's really good on ESPN. I think he's a good uh, like guy behind the table, but not yeah. calling stuff. Yeah, right. And I feel bad burying Coach after, you know, there was uh, – you and I went to the Hall of Fame ceremony in 20 – crap, what was it, 2018? 18, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yes. And I was sitting next to a mom and her, her son, and her son was mentally challenged, and we were sitting, like, right up front. I mean, we were, like, what, second rope? And Something like that, yeah. Yeah, you can actually see us on the network, by the way. I might have to post a picture of that on on social sometime. But as uh, everybody's walking by us and coach comes by and this this kid stands up and he says, coach, I wrote this letter for Jerry Lawler. Can you give it to him? And he took it and he put it in his suit, his uh, jacket pocket. And he's like, I'll make sure he gets it, buddy. And he winked at him. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think he's a jerk. I just clearly he's a good person, but, you know. That doesn't right. equate to, oh, then he must be good on, on on the commentary. Yeah, I've met a lot of great people that sucked at their job. <laughs> but uh, another quick note about this, Shelton Benjamin, uh, I I got his autograph, and of all places, Ring of Honor. And I mean, Yeah, that he, makes sense, though. <laughs> yeah, he's a super cool dude. Charlie Haas, kind of a dick. Just Just mm. putting that out there. So Jim Cornette's not always wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, Charlie Haas wouldn't even look at anybody in the eye. Wouldn't even sit down. He was kind of like standing up. He'd like bend over, sign an autograph and like look around the room. Shelton Benjamin was like smiling, shaking hands and super cool. He'd talk to everybody. And side note, the Briscoe brothers are like the coolest dudes on the planet. And I would expect them to be the jerks. Just saying. Yeah. I got their autographs too. Yeah. I had to, they, they were, they were pretty cool dudes. I just, it just, yeah, I never understood with, with Charlie. I'm like, dude, seriously, what's, what's your problem? I know, right? He's got Jackie Gata as a wife. He's apparently very wealthy from his uh, side businesses. Uh, yeah, whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, the end of the match here was Carlito uh, gets, like, kind of rips the turnbuckle pad off and. He sets up Benjamin. Benjamin goes for a stinger splash. Carlito dodges and like drop kicks his uh, Benjamin's knee in midair. Benjamin nails the exposed steel turnbuckle and Carlito rolls him up for the win. Uh, me and Uncle Dave both gave this match two and a half stars. What say you? I went just slightly above. I said three. I thought it was really fun. It was. It was a, it was a good match. Uh, Definitely worth a rewatch. I didn't get bored. I'll say that. Good, uh, good tone. Just goes though. to show you how. Uh, another thing, we're that Carlito's another underrated guy too. I'm not. Oh. I don't want to get into his backstage crap that they supposedly said he has, but like as a wrestler, man, he's so damn good. Yep, so. second generation wrestler too. Uh, with you know his his father Carlos Colon being like basically like a god in Puerto Rico. Uh, also, I have Jack's figures of both of these guys. <laughs> throwing that out there. 
First one I have a Mattel Chase Elite of Shelton and his gold standard look, which, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, way to brag. <laughs> uh, the Shelton Benjamin I have is for his uh, world's greatest tag team attire and his like uh, maroon singlet. You know what I'm talking ah, about? Yeah. 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 Uh, next, we see Triple H entering the building with Ric Flair, and the commentators say that Batista is the underdog going into Hell in a Cell. Because even though he's beaten Triple H twice, this is Triple H's match. So it like it's supposed to even the odds. All right, man. This next encounter, Victoria versus Christy Hemi. Five minutes, nine seconds. It was short and sweet, thankfully. Christy proves from jump that she can't even properly run the ropes. I, she just she was clearly still in training school at this time. The the two women back and went back and forth, and Victoria led Christy through an acceptable match, I'd say. In the end, Christy goes for a sunset flip out of the corner, but Victoria drops to her knees with a pin, grabbing the ropes for leverage, and she gets the win. Me and Uncle Dave both gave it one and a half stars. What say you? I gave it two. I was actually surprised at how decent it was. I mean, it, it was didn't. better than it should have been. Yeah, it didn't completely suck. So there's that. I want to say, by the way, I don't know if it's just me, but I noticed in this match there was a lot of choking going on. Like there was like 12 choke holds between the two of them, like literally chokes, not like a rear naked choke. They were like putting their hands on each other's necks, choking each other. Did you notice that? Um, I, I counted like that. seven of them. <laughs> I didn't notice the choking. I noticed tons of hair pulling, which was a, a staple of Divas matches back in the day. And also, they mentioned this is something like would never happen today. Like, not oh, good lord! They said that uh, Christy was competing in this match with a slight concussion. I'm like, they would oh never God. say that today. <laughs> yeah, no, ever. The reason they did that for all of you out there was what I said earlier about the the jar being smashed over her head. So I don't know, but then she still lost. So whatever. It's not like she overcame the odds. Christy was fine, I guess. She went on to have a second career yeah. in TNA. Oh. Well, yeah, she was very fine. Victoria in this match kind of reminded me of Terry Taylor back in the day, where very underrated, and they led a bunch of not-so-great people to acceptable matches. I'm sorry, when I, when, I'm sorry, when you say Terry Taylor, I just go right to the Red Rooster. I'm sorry, but... How dare you? Uh, I have a Mattel figure the Red Rooster, by the way. I want that figure. But, you know, Good luck. It's very rarefied. Which is odd. I don't know. That's That kind of blows my mind, but whatever. You also can't find... TNA came out with a classic Terry Taylor figure. You can't find that anywhere either. So... Uh, up next, Todd Grisham interviews John Cena backstage, who is talking still <laughs> like he's an Eminem wannabe. Sorry. I think you know yeah. what I'm laughing at. <laughs> yeah. So did you notice John Cena's still like still trying to talk like a rapper all the time? And he won't just like talk like himself. Yep. He's like That's kind a- of laying on a Boston accent too. Yeah, a little bit. Ah, but uh, Cena puts over the fact that now that he's on Raw, uh, or now he is on Raw, not SmackDown, and that's what's important. And he asks Todd if he's ever been the new kid in school. Todd lies about being popular and athletic and admits 
finally, that he pissed his pants in 10th grade biology class. And his nickname was? Todd Pissum. <laughs> that was just, I, if, if something ever screamed Vince McMahon wrote this promo, that was it. God dang it, pal. He pissed his pants. 10th grade. Good crap, pal. Oh, good grief. <laughs> Vince loves bodily functions. He loves them. And look, I'm not above laughing at a good fart joke once in a while, but he literally had Seamus have piss thrown in his face on SmackDown a few weeks ago. So I just throwing that out there. Anyway, back to this. Oh, he had a son, Shane, do the same thing. So, Yes. I just, gosh. Uh, Cena says that he is now the the kid voted most likely to kick somebody's ass. And that's going into their match later. This following match, man, this whole feud was just so much cringe all in one segment. I it, it was Kane versus Edge with Lita in his corner. They went for 11 minutes, 19 seconds. There were loud, we want Matt chants started after a couple minutes into the match. This, by the way, was because Matt Hardy was fired after he went online and went on this huge tirade against Edge and Lita after finding out that his real-life girlfriend Lita was cheating on him with his real-life friend Edge. So who do they fire? Matt. (laughs) Ah, but... Don't worry, he would go to Ring of Honor, call himself the Angelic Diablo, do absolutely nothing, and then come back to the company. I think the very next night after this on Raw, right? Apparently he showed up at the wedding. I didn't realize that. I had to, I have to go back and watch a lot of this. but I Well, because remember, he kept like popping up at random times being escorted out of the building. Yeah, I think that started before this, actually. I didn't realize that, so... Yeah. Well, anyway, to the match here, there's a lot of... Kane chasing Lita spots. Uh, eventually, Gene Snitsky and Lita both get involved at various times. In the end, Kane catches Snitsky with a big uppercut, hits a choke slam from hell on edge. That was his fault. Picks up the win. <laughs> he picks up the win. I gave uh, Uncle Dave rated this way higher than I did. He gave it two and three fourth stars. I gave it one and a half. Wow, really? I thought it was three stars. I thought it was really good. I I might I push it, it to two. I might push it to two. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the match, the angle. The I, I don't like overbooked matches, and I felt like Snitsky constantly getting involved, Lita constantly see, getting see, involved. See, I'm of the other I'm of the other mind. I think that there was just enough interference. I don't I think it was see. overbooked at all. I think it was perfect. Uh, Snitsky was still in a feud with him. And he started yeah. a new one with Edge. I was like, why not have that? And remind us that he's still feeling Snitsky. It's not just Edge. So, right. you know, that was perfect for me. And I thought the match was like so good. And the finish I didn't see coming. Even like when I watched it back, I forgot. And I was like, wow, I but, fully expected Edge to just walk away with this. Yeah, so, I, I will say the end got me because even, you know, 15 years later, looking back, I was like, Edge Edge is going to win this one. And then when Kane won, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, right. Well, the, the, the surprise end, well, surprise to you and I, uh, I thought was was really good. 
Um, I'm sure there's somebody out there. Oh, I saw this one coming a mile, but you know. Now I'm turning off your stupid podcast. Go play Fortnite because you're stupid. <laughs> Go play Battle Royal and destroy all those little kids. What the hell? <laughs> it's only kids that play Fortnite. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not saying you and Uncle Davey there were uh, wrong. Uh, you know, I, I, I can see your. I don't like I don't like agreeing with Uncle Dave. It helps. But sometimes <laughs> he is right. You know? Yeah. Hey, up until this match, I was spot on with all of his ratings. So um, next up, Shawn Michaels does an interview where he says that he's wondering if he and Kurt can live up to what they did at WrestleMania 21. Spoiler, they did. Uh, he then says that due to the draft lottery, revenge is finally possible for him. And he ends the promo by saying, tonight, vengeance will be mine. And he walks away. I thought that was a good line to close the promo. Not, it didn't feel forced either. Um, yeah. Right. Up next here, man, we've got Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle in the WrestleMania 21 rematch. They get plenty of time, 26 minutes, nine seconds. Besides a random ref bump that never really comes into play during the match. <laughs> uh, this match made a ton of sense. It was intense. In the end, Angle tries to dive off the top and gets met with a sweet chin music for the second time in the match. Michaels scores a pinfall victory. Uncle Dave gave it four and a half stars. I gave it an even four stars. What say you? My only note was not as good as WrestleMania 21, but freaking amazing. Yeah. How do you not give this match five stars? I mean, I it's it perfect. I, I just, I just, I feel like this is a perfect match. Now, I, saying I, it's not as good as WrestleMania 21, I don't think that takes anything away from it because nothing, I don't think it's going to live up to that. Except for the greatest wrestling match of all time, you saw a couple weeks ago. But you know, other than that, though. But you're talking yeah, about was, AJ and AJ and Daniel Bryan, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I mean, there's nothing else we could possibly be talking about at this point. But I just I but thought this was a masterpiece. Uh, I I did too. I loved. I it. find it funny, by the way. The we've done two shows in a row where I've set a five star match. So yeah, yeah. If you, to me, it's got to be perfect, and I think this was perfect there are a couple of things that on the show that you can say go back and watch this if you got the time this it above all else on this show if you can't watch anything else on the show give this give this one a watch it's perfect i mean it's i it's well i i didn't consider it perfect obviously i give it four maybe four and a half stars but i think it was it's, it was really 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 close i don't know i I could watch it on a loop. I'll say that. And these these are two of my favorites of all time. And if they're not in somebody's top five of wrestlers of all time, then what are you looking at? I, I don't know. Are we talking like top five best wrestlers or favorites? Because I can see them not being people's favorites. Yeah, I'm going to say best wrestlers. Uh, but up next, the aforementioned Jonathan Coachman interviews Batista <laughs> And he says that the, uh, by the way, coach is wearing sunglasses inside to just nail home the fact that he's a douchebag. Wow. <laughs> there are, there are only two reasons you wear your sunglasses inside and your sunglasses at night. One. Okay. I'll say three. One, you're a vampire. Two, you're a douchebag or three, you're Corey Hart. Kudos to anybody who gets that, that last <laughs> reference, but. I know you got it. 
All right. Uh, I got it. Anyway. I still want it. How dare you disrespect the good goddamn name of Corey Hart? Anyway, uh, coach interviews Batista and says that the only reason Batista beat Triple H at Backlash was due to bad officiating. And tonight, the odds are against Batista because he'll meet Triple H in hell in a cell. Uh, Batista says that he's not scared and will be the only one walking out tonight. Triple H then walks up and tells Batista that no one beats him in hell in a cell. And he shows Batista and they get into a pull apart. So another good setup. This is just just the thread, you know, pumping it throughout the night because uh, I mean. Real quick, are we not going to acknowledge? Are we not going to acknowledge Coach hiding under the TV when this all happened? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, him hiding under the TV, Triple H's uh, uh, Motorhead mustache. Uh, just oh man, that thing was like spot on at this point too. Yeah, and it was heavily mocked by uh, by BG James and Kip James over on the in TNA at this time, I believe. You remember that that interview? I do, yeah. And then they immediately quit when he tore his quad, and they like, oh wait, we were just playing. Get better. Yeah, kind of that kind of undid it for me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell? I I love that crap though when they were doing when they were doing that, and like there was this long interview where they'd be like, and that stupid freaking mustache. Oh man, but you want to know something that's worse than that mustache though, man. Up next, we see a leather couch in the ring. And Justin Roberts introduces Lillian Garcia. Lillian then introduces the world's largest love machine, Viscera. A.K.A. Huge Hefner. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I do not have a figure of Big Vis, by the way. Do you? I have King Mabel. Oh, well, you got the best one. Uh, hey, you know what? I was like, I want to get some figs when I'm in Canada. It was on the shelf, so. Hey, I, I'm not knocking it. I would have bought them too. But they have a an actual viscera from the from the um, Ministry of Darkness figure. It just came one. out. Yeah, it looks sweet. I, I like the look of it. So, but anyway, uh, Lillian sings. Viscera a song, especially for him. Then she gets down on one knee and proposes. This was the culmination of a long, well, I don't know how long it was. I, I It seemed like an eternity to me because I hated it. But a, a thing. Hey, yeah, Lillian's ahead of her time, by the way, being the one that proposed. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, yeah, this, this was a, a thing where Viscera was like being super creepy with Lillian Garcia and finally, she gave in because, you know, the four Why greatest. Why would she? Yeah. Well, you know, Greg, the four greatest words in the English language. You wore me down. Yeah. No. Trust me, I'm working but, on it. Anyways. Good Lord. Uh, Viscera says that he will take the proposal under consideration. when all of a sudden, the Godfather comes out with his. And that's what they were called. So don't send me your hate tweets. He comes out with his hose. Godfather. Escorts, pal. Godfather. This, this, none of this could ever happen in, in 2020, by the way, for multiple reasons. <laughs> also, also, 
y'all out there, you should probably be social distancing the hose. Just saying. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Godfather asks Viscera if he's really wanting to get married or to take a ride on the ho train. Viscera shouts, all aboard, and they all leave together. And Lillian cries in the ring. What first, thing I got, first thing I got to point out, by the way, one of the funniest parts of this whole thing when JR is like, oh, the Godfather's here. <laughs> He's like, JR, how the hell can you look at the Godfather? You got those women in the ring. He goes, there's nothing wrong with me. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, this whole thing oh, was like, my gosh. Before we started I this, think... I said there was one downside. This is it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, this went on for a while. Um, I know, right? I feel like it dragged for like 30 minutes. I didn't think about this aspect, but the I think the reason they got Godfather there, uh, like, and they decided to wrap this up now uh, for multiple reasons, but uh, Godfather lives in Las Vegas, and I think he runs a strip club out there. Yeah, so it's probably they, not a big drive for him. Yeah, they were like, hey, uh, drive up to the arena, bring some of your strippers, and we'll call them hoes. <laughs> and he's like, deal. He's like, you sure you don't want me to bring the face paint and be Papa Shango? And they're like, no, nah, I'll bring the hose. Yes, because this is better. Yeah, I would, I actually would have preferred a Papa Shango <laughs> return. What's he going to do? Set a, 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 a curse on Lillian? He's going to throw up everywhere and... Well, yeah, and then Viscera turns back to his evil ways, and they form like this dark union. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking way too much about this. God, you went all Russo on that one. <laughs> I do have a Papa Shango figure and a Godfather figure, by the way. Mattel. Me too. Both. Didn't I give <laughs> you the Papa Shango? I think I brought it to you in New York, right? You did, yes. Yeah. yeah. You I remember because I bought Shango. two that day, because I bought one for me and one for you. and Yeah. And I got the Godfather's autograph too. Same. That was that access, yeah, him, right? Yeah, him and him and Ron Simmons, and I got a picture of uh, all three of us throwing up the fist. <laughs> and I look, I, I'm like, I still got like a sore thumb there. It was just bad. I uh, I like, by the way, side note that we got that for free essentially at Access, and then we saw him for twenty bucks, charging twenty bucks the next day at uh, WrestleCon. I was like, wow, yes. you paying and, and we got free. That was cool. And he would either sign a a picture of him as the godfather or a picture of him as Papa Shango. That was the funniest part of all of it. Uh, up next, man, it's the second to last uh, match of the night. John Cena defending the WWE title in a triple threat against Chris Jericho and Christian. Christian has Tyson Tomko in his corner. This match got a problem solver. A, yes. Uh, this match got a pretty good amount of time, 15 minutes, 19 seconds. A couple of minutes into the match, however, Tyson Tomko gets ejected after taking out Jericho and Cena. Uh, he eventually pops back up and spears Cena behind the referee's back, but it only leads to a near fall. In the end, Cena gets Christian in a fireman's carry, swings him around so that his feet knock Jericho out, and then Cena hits the, not the AA, the FU on Christian, and he gets the win to retain the WWE title. Uncle Dave gave it three and three four stars. I gave it three stars. What say you? I was on the fence between three and four. I think I went more towards four because I just thought it was so good. It was a it was a really good triple threat match. I love all three of these guys. I'm a huge Christian Mark. 
I got an autograph and a picture with him from uh, from Russell Con 2018. I think I still have that picture in my phone, by the way. Yeah, yeah. For uh, anyone who doesn't know, by the way, like TJ is the biggest Christian mark, and I swear he looked like a kid in a candy store meeting Christian. Oh, I don't yeah. mean that in a good way. Good Lord, man, you were marking hard, which nothing wrong with that, but. He's he's my to he's to me what Edge is to you. Yeah, right. So, and as man, I mean, I, the, the telling fact, real quick, is the line was huge to me, Christian, and TJ got right in the back of that line, just stood there, and hell yeah. And then I don't know if you remember, by the way, but once you got to the front, or close to the front, I went and bought a ticket. I'm like, oh, I'll be with you. So I got one. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, yep. Might as well. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, and Christian. I don't know, man. Christian's a cool dude. Uh, he was he's he was my favorite in TNA for years. That that was my favorite era of him. I don't think he. I did tell him I was like, man, I loved uh, you know you're running TNA, and he was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> he was more he intrigued was. that we love this podcast, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he's uh, he's great. Like I said, big fan of his. I'm huge Mark for Jericho as well. I hope I get to meet him someday. Uh, so. It's yeah. crazy to me when I'm watching this back, by the way, I'm like, they're both on their way out. Like, yeah, right. Like, oh, once they'd both be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Christian was about to hit TNA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was. And uh, by the way, when uh, side note, right before we move on to the main event, when do you think of Christian's theme at the time? The original, just close your eyes. I didn't hate it. I loved it. I, I didn't. It great. I didn't like love it, but I didn't hate it. Uh, but then I loved his theme before this. So with no words, and the one he used at WrestleMania 20, I thought that was great. Yeah, that one was that one was good. Um, I think this is the first when he got this theme. For some reason, it made me take attention. I was like, "Oh, Christian, okay, yeah." And I, I don't know. I just I loved the theme. I thought it fit him really well. It was unique. And then he used like a re, an, an instrumental of like an Evanescence song when he went to TNA. I cool. still to this day I think that's his best song ever, but Oh yeah. That was that song was great for him. Fit and perfect. Uh Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive through. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. But yeah, man, we move on now to the main event of the evening. It's Batista defending the World's Heavyweight Championship against Triple H in a hell in a cell. Um, here coming up soon... Uh, due to budget cuts in WWE, they're going to have hate in a crate. No, Wait, nothing. What? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I said due to budget cuts in WWE, 
no more hell in a cell. They're going to oh. eat in a crate. Wow, right over my head. I <laughs> thought you were like being literal if something happened in 2005 that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Oh, man. But, uh, Oosh, yeah, this man, right over. <laughs> again, this one got uh, plenty of time. 26 minutes, 58 seconds, uh, just shy of 27 minutes. Uh, they used a chain, a barbed wire wrapped chair, a sledgehammer. Triple H and Batista both got busted wide open. Uh, Triple H bled like a stuck pig, man. Uh, so, uh, side note about the about the blood. He learned from the best with Ric Flair. Uh, do you want to know, you know, Conrad was, he asked uh, Tony Schiavone. He said, you want to know how Ric Flair bled so good and uh, thinned out his blood and he's and shivani went to the, the obvious one he's like didn't let me guess aspirin because that's what most people do they take aspirin he said nope coffee 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 all day long coffee 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 <laughs> so and uh tony said well that would explain why every time i saw him backstage he had a coffee cup in his hand i so, never knew that yeah i didn't know coffee thinned your blood but apparently the caffeine thins your blood Good grief, man. Mine must be like water. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, both men, like I said, were bloody messes. In the end, Triple H goes for a pedigree on the steel steps. They brought the, the bottom of it into the ring, the base. Uh, he goes for a pedigree on the steel steps, but Batista counters into a spine buster on them. They are steps. Triple H then grabs his sledgehammer, but he doesn't get to use it as Batista picks him up and nails a Batista bomb. To win and I, I love that. Title. I love that part, by the way. Like, yeah, I was like, he pulled the trigger first. It's like, wow, that oh, was yeah. great, man. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, because he had it in his hand while Batista was picking him up for the Batista bomb. And like, if I like if this wasn't 15 years in the past, I would have been sitting there like, my God, Triple H is going to he's going to nail him. He's going to win. It's it. He's not going to hit it. And then he pulled it off. Batista wins. Yes, the end of the match. Me and Uncle Dave both gave this four and a half stars. What say you? I said four, but if I'm judging it as a hell in a cell, I thought it was a solid five. But like, I'm going to try to keep it just as a match as a whole. So I said solid cool. four. Probably one of the better hell in a cells ever, by the way. Got to say that. Oh, yeah. yeah but I don't want to just hand out a five for that reason. Yeah. Well, and they didn't, They again, they didn't leave the cell. They didn't have to. It was yeah, like, I mean, it makes sense. That's what Kevin Nash said. Yeah. Where he said, you know, every, they're like, well, what are you doing outside the cell? He said, nothing. They, Triple H has been dodging me for months. That You know, as a storyline, I got him in a cage. We're not going anywhere. We're going to have a match in a cage. <laughs> and when you put it like that, good grief, it makes all the sense in the world. Yes. That's, that's the whole point. Not everybody has to take a big old bump off the side of the cell. Because if everybody does it, then who cares, bro? <laughs> for the paper, for the pay-per-view rating, cagematch.net voters uh, voted this 9.16 out of 10. I rated it an 8.5 as a whole. What say you? I, I'm going to go with the other 8 point. I think solid B+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> I think that horrible... <laughs> Willing Garcia Viscera segment drove it down for me. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, other than that, you know, big points off for that because that was not new. That could have been on Raw. I mean, that shouldn't happen at all, but that could have been on Raw. Yeah, I fully agree. That was 
dumb. It was garbage. My only reasoning for not giving the main event a five, by the way, is because there was like better hell in a cell one year prior, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And I'm like, you can't hand out a five when that was a solid five. Well, maybe we'll get to that one day, but yeah. Oh, we definitely will for sure. Yeah. Cause I, I want to rewatch that one. That uh, one is one of the greatest wrestling matches ever. That just happened to be in a cell. If that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. Uh, to wrap up the show here real quick, um, immediately after the Hell in a Cell match is an exclusive to WWE home video, uh, Triple H. Coliseum home video, pal. Gosh. Uh, Triple H and Batista and Ric Flair encounter each other backstage, and they put their differences aside and embrace, and Triple H quipped, this is evolution, baby. After that, Batista was drafted to the SmackDown brand, thus ending his feud H. So they trade over Cena for Batista. Not bad. I um, honestly think at that time period, everybody won in that. Oh, I think yeah. Batista's best stuff was on SmackDown. So, yeah. I mean, and, next and, to The Rock in the early years, I think Batista was SmackDown, honestly. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it was it was uh, it was good stuff, man. Uh, the, you know, Batista went on to have great feuds. Cena had great feuds on Raw. It all kind of worked out. Uh, speaking of Cena, the feud between Cena and Jericho continued. Following vengeance, Eric Bischoff vowed to make John Cena's stint on Raw difficult by handpicking Chris Jericho to take the WWE title off of Cena at uh, SummerSlam. Uh, but obviously... You know, well, not obviously, but, you know, for those of you that don't know, uh, it didn't happen. Jericho did not win. So, uh, you know, we're not going to dive deep into what happened with their feud and all that. But, mm, yeah, so we'll get to it at a different date. You and I need to pencil in SummerSlam 2005 yeah, for, a, for a future show. Maybe. Oh, hey, yeah. Maybe. maybe SummerSlam's right around the corner, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, hopefully SummerSlam will have fans, but we'll see. Dude, I don't want to talk about that. I was supposed to go. Uh, gosh, yeah, I know. Um, after definitely going to go to Cleveland, though. No offense. Oh, well, hell yeah. <laughs> after a successful tag team win at Backlash, in which Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan defeated Mohammed Hassan and Davari, Michaels and Hogan were placed in a tag match Tag team match player against Kurt Angle and Carlito on an episode of Raw. Random. Is that a team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the match saw Hogan and Michaels pick up the victory during the post-match pose down. However, Michaels super kicked Hogan, which knocked Hogan to the ground and turning Michaels heel for the first time since returning to the company in 2002. The following week, Michaels challenged Hogan to a match at SummerSlam, which Hogan accepted. And then they went on to have their cartoon match at SummerSlam. Uh, you and I, I can't wait to talk about that match with you sometime, man. Because it was it was a spectacle uh, when Shawn Michaels got in the ring with Hulk Hogan. I'll say that. Yeah, it was, uh, that's a yeah, that's a nice word to use. Yeah. Uh, but the final thing here, the feud between Edge and Kane came to an end when Edge was put in an Thank angle God. with Matt Hardy. 
<laughs> on the July 11th episode of Raw, Matt Hardy, who at the time was unemployed by WWE, made a surprise appearance interfering in a match between Edge and Kane. Uh, the following week, as both Edge and Lita were walking towards the ring before a scheduled steel cage match against Kane, Hardy attacked Edge from behind. Uh, okay, so I guess the Hardy stuff didn't start until you know a couple weeks after. Yeah, I all thought this. it was. I thought it was before. I could have swore it was before. I mean, no, I mean, sorry. I could have swore it was after, and then I was convinced that he showed up at the wedding. I just. I guess not. <laughs> so uh, yeah, because that was. Kane wasn't that the one where Kane popped up from the ring? Yeah, and Tombstone the, the priest. Yeah, yeah, that was lovely. Uh, anyway, hey, um, hey, hey, a guy from hell, Tombstone's a priest. How does that not make sense though? Yeah, uh, on the August 1st, Raw, <laughs> I know, on the uh, August 1st episode of Raw, Vince McMahon officially announced Hardy's return to the WWE, adding that. Hardy would face Edge at SummerSlam. The following week, Hardy made his in-ring return, defeating Gene Snitsky, and that was his fault. After the victory, Hardy was attacked by Edge and uh, was carried backstage. Uh, in retaliation, Hardy counterattacked Edge in the locker room. Well, this would go on, and Matt would be, you know, the spurned lover, the wronged guy, fired and all that, comes back. And, uh, um, yeah, then SummerSlam happened. And that, uh, I don't know, man. Some things don't make sense to me. But, whatever. They were building Edge, I guess. But, man, yeah, so this was Vengeance 2005. Uh, all in all, I thought it was a great match. Good choice by you. Uh, next week, we're officially diving into, what is next month? July? Yeah. <laughs> diving into I don't know where we are, honestly. Like I said, this whole coronavirus, everything just runs together for me. So you could tell me it was oh. December and I probably believe you. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't because it's actually warm out here for once and not, you know, you know, we don't have five feet of snow. Uh, next week, we got the Shy town Rumble. The week after that, we got ECW's Heat Wave 2000, I believe. Correct. Or was yeah. it 99? 99, 99. Although 2000 wouldn't be a bad pick, too, but I think 99 is a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Handpicked by Greg, by the way. Uh, Shytown Rumble was the first of the trilogy with Ric Flair and uh, Ricky Steamboat for the world title, closing the show. And then, like I said, Heat Wave 99 after that from Extreme Championship Wrestling. Then we go to Clash of the Champions 6, which was the second of the Steamboat Flair affair. Uh, the week after that. We have uh, Canadian Stampede that's in your house from 1997, shortly before Bret Hart said his final farewell to the World Wrestling Federation. And uh, considered, if not the best, then one of the best in your house events of all time, correct? I, I think so, but mainly for the main event. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think it's like an amazing show, but it's definitely memorable. Like, I don't That's want to crap one. on it, but I want to be honest, but right. Well, it's uh, had a had a lot of had a lot of momentum and thing. A lot of good stuff happened. And then uh, after that, we closing out the month of July, we're closing out the uh, trilogy from Flair and Steamboat. It is Russell War 1989, 
the one where uh, Terry Funk makes his uh, return to the ring for the NWA. So good stuff. After having retired for the fifth time, I think, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that was at the request of Jim Hurd, by the way. So that should tell you something. Or maybe it wasn't Jim Hurd. Maybe it was Bill Watts. I, I can't remember. But you said a lot way. of crap right there, but whatever. But that's the month of July, man. Uh, good stuff. Looking forward to. Thank you for joining me today on this uh, show. Yeah, Greg. Mm hmm. And for all of you out there, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks. You can email us at uh, main event marks pod at gmail.com. Search for us on YouTube and subscribe, please. Once we hit a um, 100 subscribers and we can get a custom URL, it'll be easier to pimp. So just do a, a YouTube search for main event marks. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're available pretty much everywhere you can think of except for iHeartRadio right now. And maybe by the time this drops, you know, if, if all things uh, go according to plan, we'll be available on iHeartRadio and Pandora. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're on everything else, though, you can possibly think of. So thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week with the NWA's Chi-Town Rumble 1989. Later. Later. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 